Welcome to Education Suspended, a podcast focused on exploring, engaging, and dialoguing with those in education who are passionate about changing the status quo and evolving the archaic system we have inherited. Education Suspended is a production of Intricate Roots Educational Consulting Services. Our editor and production manager is Katie Kunin. Our producer is Jamie Higa, and our music is provided by Poets Row. Hey everyone, welcome to Education Suspended. Jessica Pfeiffer here. Hopefully everyone at this point is on winter break, a much needed and much deserved winter break, I should say. As we start moving towards the new year, I think everyone goes through these moments that they do reflection and and just, you know, ponder what has been the last year. and, and for me, the, the last year was a blur. There were so many things that happened that I forgot about in the midst of all of it. We moved to a new state. I have a new job. And, and I was having a really good conversation this week with Stephanie Brown, who's actually one of our guests from before. And she's just kind of put into context for me that to some degree, my life is more calm than it's been in a long, long time. And just how that adjustment has been really hard for me. Um, and at the same time, how I'm also... I'm also experiencing some guilt that I am not knee deep in the chaos that has been, you know, since 2003 for me, residential care, day treatment facilities, and public education. Not that I'm not in public education, because I'm still doing tons of consulting with intricate roots, but I myself am not a employee of a public school district for the first time in a long time. And I just was having a hard time of figuring out how to describe what I was feeling. And, And Stephanie highlighted it kind of feels like a little moment of, of guilt that I'm, I'm still seeing people in there. And it's not the case for everybody, but for, for so many, I know it's it's been a long year and we are slowly coming out of COVID and experiencing the, the exhaustion that have been the last two school years. So I don't know why I had to share that. I just think I've been ref- reflecting on it all week. I'm incredibly grateful for all of our listeners, incredibly grateful for this podcast We have been talking about some shifts that hopefully take place right at the beginning of season three in February. I realize we have a few more episodes before we get there. We're going to go out on a high. We've got some amazing episodes coming up to wrap up this this season, but thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for what you do day in and day out in our schools, in our community to shift the system and make it better for all of our students and all of our families. It means a lot. And we know you're out there. We know you're out there. Please have a good holiday break. Have a good new year. We will see you in 2023. So sit back and enjoy our reflective dissociation session with Education Suspended. So who are we dissociating on? I I just couldn't remember how far back I had to think. I know. It's been so long. We're actually all the way back to Megan. Oh, okay. Well, she's easy to talk about. We have Megan, we have Barack, we have Joanne or Oma, and then we have Tiffany. That's great. All right. Well, let's dissociate. I don't want to start with Tiffany's, but I do want to say when I was recording that intro, it was just, and we've talked about it before, but just, I'm so grateful that we're doing this and just the amazing people that we've met along the way that I don't feel like you and I would have ever ran into if it wasn't for Education Suspended. Oh, uh, all the way. The head of the ACLU in Florida? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, what's our, what's our yeah, chances yeah. there? Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Well.
But we would have run into your mom, and I wouldn't have run into Brock in the pig farm. No. And no. Uh, obviously, we have a, a delightful relationship with Megan. Megan. Well, yeah, so she was the first one that we get to start with. She was episode 44. Wow. We've been doing this for a long time. So actually, we didn't really talk about our connection with her on the call, but Megan is really interconnected with the neurosequential model in sport. So really interested in understanding, well, really interested in helping coaches and those that work in the field of sport with athletes understand kind of the neuro, I say the neural developmental perspective, but really kind of the healing capacity through understanding that perspective. I have her sweatshirt. The Center for Healing and Justice Through Sport. Yeah. Have you ever heard a better title of an organization than the Center for Healing and Justice Through Sport? Yeah. You and I are both former average athletes. It's <laughs> yeah. the nicest thing that anyone's ever said to me. Thank you. Yeah, you know, some yeah. coaching, but we have we have a sports background, so we obviously fit right in with Megan. There's there were a lot of takeaways. I think I in so many of our themes, when you have access, you don't realize how much of a privilege it is. And so I had easy access to sport all my life even with a single mom, right? Like she, she was able to fund the things that I wanted to do. And when that's not your reality, you just, it's just, you just don't comprehend it of how sport should not be something that not everyone has access to. It's just, and I think it's getting worse. You know, with, with the world cup on and the soccer kind of under the microscope right now, and in a good way, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're all paying attention. Everyone's in tune with soccer. Some of the reading I've done about soccer around our country anyway is it's becoming uh something many many kids cannot afford to play and i know megan is doing great work on kind of battling the money driven aspects of youth sports yeah. it's become a gold mine for some people and yeah. at the expense of of kids who just want to play and these leagues are supposed to be developmental and they're winning very much winning focused and, and kids aren't aren't getting the value of sport that I, I i'll get off on a big tangent on this but they're not getting the value i i grew up in a time when all sports were free for youth and then i taught and coached in a town where all the sports were free yeah and that is no longer the reality it's not the reality where i live in minnesota well and it was Definitely lower cost. Actually, I'd have to ask my mom how much soccer was, but I don't think it was too expensive. But even for me, I think what, what sticks out for me was in high school. If you think about my two big sports were soccer and then basketball. And let's just take basketball, for example. They had a varsity. They had a JV. They had a sophomore. And they had two freshman teams. So anyone that wanted to play found a team and found games. And that I don't think exists as much anymore in schools for a variety of reasons. But that's the piece that I am really sad about. Not only can you not access it outside of school through extracurricular, but in the school option, it's less and less, which is, I don't, I don't know. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Sports used to all revolve around the school, except for summer programs and, yeah. and certain rec programs. And now they really are more about clubs and specialty and it's led to kids not being all around, learners of many games. Kids right. are, are learning one game. And uh, how many of them are how many of them are gonna turn into professionals or make money? One in a million. And, and so what are we doing? What we're learning about how to do sport better is from the margins. 
it's from the people who are now working with the marginalized youth of let's say inner city new york and we um we met um several just beautiful people from there through the nm sport community that we got to be a part of as well and that's where we're learning how to do it right yeah and so the lessons from the margins will probably be the lessons that the mainstream finally learns after we stubbornly you know try to hang on to this system which is money driven and and not kid-centered and you've been bringing that up a lot about the margins which is so powerful because it's true it's true um okay so our next one was barack well they're all interconnected but i really really loved barack's episode and so did a lot of other people so did a lot of other people and i you know i you know i have to listen to these episodes over and over as i edit and i couldn't pinpoint what what was it specifically about the interview that I liked? I think it was, I think Barack was just so genuine in his articulation of his story. I swore I was never going to be a teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Creating anarchy. Yeah, but he had, to, he had to become a kind of a teacher um, of his own sort. Yeah. And now he's outdoors. Yeah, he's he's bringing kids to the regulation of nature and animals and the farm. Yeah, um, yeah, flying pig farm. And you're right, Steve. I think that's why I liked it. I have the honor of knowing the school district, Manitou Springs School District. Yes, it's a smaller district. It's in a rural part um, of a state. But what was inspiring to me is that they saw the need and they took the risk. They thought outside of the box and like boots on the ground thought outside of the box. No more of like, what can we do in here? It's like, no, we need to get these kids outside. We need to get these kids to have opportunities for hands-on learning. So I think that's why I really liked it. Like it was so tangible. It doesn't have to be anything massive. You can do different things. It, it brings up a kind of two words I've been playing with a lot lately in, in writing and teaching is active attachment hmm, I like that. for the kids who struggle with attachment issues and they're and they're getting older and those issues are harder and harder to repair the best place to do it is in an activity like barack provides at the farm yeah you're 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 close to animals you're shoulder to shoulder with your classmates you're outdoors you get the regulation of sun and wind and breath and and all of that and that is a form of attachment. That's where kids gain confidence. Not only do they gain regulation, they gain confidence of relational confidence. And he's just the right guy for it, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Well, and even him saying like, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air, even for the educators that get to experience that same environment. Not only is it yeah. helpful for the kids, but the teachers are thinking of new ways to teach and they're, they're becoming creative again and enjoying this space. So it's, it's a win-win for both. And really a win-win for Barack, who had his own, you know, issues and struggles with standard education. Yeah. And now he's this alternative education fellow who's doing amazing things. And I think of all of our episodes, it's the one I got more emails yeah. than, than any other. I agree. Again, it was concrete. It was, it's, it was tangible, obtainable. And we said it, but if you're ever in the Colorado Springs area, um, drive on up to Manitou Springs. It's the coolest little place. And it's going to blow your mind, right? Like it's so simple and down to earth and 
they're doing such a good job of, of partnering with the schools and using it for, for all different developmental ages. You want to get kids off their phones and uh, unaware of social media for a time? You go to the pig farm. Yeah, you're right. When I was at Flying Pig, I was there for a day. I was consulting with them in my role through Intricate Roots about, you know, how can how do we create better um, avenues of access for this space? And so I got to watch different classes come in and, and come out. And to your point, Grainer, not a kid was on their cell phone when they were out there. They were doing projects. They were sitting with the goats. They were making um, salsa. They were doing all these different things. And it was a sense of pride in this space. And I'm sure they were dissociating in their own ways by being in nature, but it was and it was not through technology, which was really cool to see. Yeah. It struck a nerve with me as well because my my daughter Stephanie and son-in-law Logan do farming with neurodiverse kids in Albuquerque. And and I, you know, I remember asking Brock about it and what a wonder for those kids. And I saw it in New Mexico too when I visited and hung out at the farm. It's a different world and these these folks just blossom in it. And yeah, that, that's true of all kids would if we gave ourselves permission to go outside, teach outside if you can, when you can, you know, as often as you can. Absolutely. Well, and then let's let's move into the next episode. So that would be episode 46, which is, again, I can't believe we're almost to 50. All right. Got to do something cool for episode 50. Let me think on that. That's a signpost on the way. <laughs> there we go. But you and I have talked about forever, and in particular you, as you know, as a classroom teacher for 30 plus years, the creative side of being an educator is super cool. And just how unfortunately, systemically, that has um, kind of eroded away. And then when we were talking to my mom, it was interesting for her of, of living that experience similar to what you did. Like she was in the classroom, now in this case at, at the college level, but to even see it there. Right. Um, so it was interesting that she could also reflect on how much that's changed and how much that did change in her career. Yeah, the, the creative freedom I got to enjoy as a teacher was unlike, I think, what many teachers get to experience now. And they could still have that creative bent, I think, but it's largely been taken away and, and almost habituated that we are no longer creative. We, we just want a curriculum. We want to follow it. We want to, you know, do what the book says or whatever. I'm looking forward, and I believe in a day when teachers are going to get their creative hat back on, and, and, and some are doing it. They're doing it through project-based learning and other, you know, cool ways of approaching education, but we, we need to get out of the dark ages. I shouldn't say the dark ages because, you know, decades ago, we had that creative freedom. Yeah. Ancient was better. Um, yeah. It's shifted. Well, and let's give, let's give, I think we did in the last episode with my mom, but let's give some context. So you and I, she was, she was the first guest that we recorded with. Right. Over a year and a half ago when we, or almost two years, February will be two years when we started this podcast. Um, but the quality was really bad. It was before we had any of our good, um, equipment. It was really long. I love my mom, but she doesn't always land the plane. We do a lot of circling around the airport for a while. Um, <laughs> And so when I sat down to edit it, 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 it I couldn't do it. It was, it yeah. was, the quality was, we were all, all over the place with our sound. So we had to re-record it. And I'm glad that we did. I'm glad that we did re-record it because I, I needed the reminder. And it's interesting because last, we'll see, we'll be re releasing this on Monday. 
And so, you know, a week from today, we're going to be releasing this episode. And so just over the weekend, I was in Wisconsin, my uncle Quinn passed away. well he he had passed away a little while ago but we held up on the funeral so that all the grandkids could get back him and verna have an obscene amount of grandkids but my cousin tom spoke at the funeral about quinn and again this theme of education just came ringing through and i just got so emotional like it's just again when you're privileged and education is rooted within your system you don't know what it's like to not have it there yeah um and quinn even after he retired quinn became a middle school substitute teacher unreal right until he was in his 70s he just loved being with the middle school kids and he would joke they still think i'm funny and i'll take it and his one rule with all the kids was you're not allowed to smile in his class that's how he always started the class and the kids loved it because what do you do when someone tells you not to smile you smile smile like crazy yeah. i i know i know middle school kids if you told them not to smile, they'd smile. They'd smile. So it was just a good, it was, you know, just this constant reminder of education is deeply rooted in the Pfeiffers. And so just to have my mom present and you don't realize it when you're in it. Yeah. What better teachers than our moms? Yeah. You know, my, I, I uh, love that episode, even, even though the one I was able to be a part of wasn't, you know, able to be saved. Mm-hmm. I loved not only talking with your mom, who is delightful. I love thinking about my mom. Yeah. Who uh just graduated high school and probably shouldn't have because she was so mischievous and 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 full of the dickens and yet she taught us she taught us fun mischief. She was loving as she could possibly be. Mm-hmm. She accepted all people before people thought that was cool. She she lived to love people and what a heritage to yeah. to hang on to. So my mom was Truly, you know, I said my mom and my wife are my two best teachers. Absolutely. And and again, there you're highlighting that transgenerational educational experience. Mm -hmm. When you grow up in privilege and you don't know what it's like to be in the margins, education and what it means to you and your family, it just seems so different. I guess in my opinion, you know, as, as her, as Oma's dad would say, the sky is the limit with education. And doesn't it come at us in so many forms with, with our parents, with our, you know, some of our favorite teachers, our coaches, I, you know, I think back to Megan's episode, I think of Barack on a pig farm. Education should come at us from all sorts of directions. Yeah. It should never be boring. And I think we do have an episode coming up in the next series of four that they highlight the parent is the, is the first teacher and how influential, is that a word? Inf- inf- yeah, that's a word. Influential? Yeah, that sounds weird. It's a beautiful how, word. How influential that is. Here I am. I didn't recognize it for years and years and years until you start reflecting. You're like, oh my gosh, it's generational. Yeah. Which that theme of generational, it's actually a really good segue into our last episode with, with Tiffany, which is the last and most recent episode that we released. And we joked about how we landed an interview with the executive director for Florida's ACLU is beyond me. She was so motivating i left that episode being like well i need to do more with my life (laughs) (laughs) do better pfeiffer i don't know what her generational story was so interesting right with her family and no one going to college and just the the complete opposite story of what you and i just talked about for our experience and yet here she is 
fighting against the system and her just her own ability to fully understand how, how did she get there was through a lot of work right a lot of discipline but at the same time she also had privilege that some marginalized people didn't have so she could get there yeah i love how she translated her experience into the the servant that she is not easy to be the head of the american civil liberties union in florida civil liberties are are not at the uh on the forefront of what they're doing in education in her own state in fact they're seem like there's a pretty good effort to take some of those away but she's the feisty pugilist i mean she's she's a fighter and i got new respect i honestly i i think i said it on the episode too that i grew up in a time where the aclu is just a dirty word yeah i remember you said that and i was when i was reflecting and and, and re-listening to that what what did you mean by that because i couldn't i didn't quite understand like what was it was it the culture that you grew up in there like what was so negative about it because you didn't you and your family didn't feel that way no, I think it, it came probably more from, um, and this is not a, a criticism or I'm not trying to, I have no ax to grind. I, I love the faith-based community, but it really came, it really was seen as an anti-faith organization, like, oh. because they're too accepting. They're too, they're defending the, the defenseless. But some of the defenseless were people that church didn't think should be defended. You know, it, it's... Yeah. The LGBTQ community, they were defending them. The ACLU would, would defend even people who were, you know, we could largely say were felt guilty and shouldn't be have anyone represent them, but they represented everyone. Yeah, listening to that, it's like, I wonder what that's about, because everything that we've talked about, you and your parents and your upbringing, like, for the most part, everything aligned, but it was more of that faith area. You know, just certain people who were much more marginalized back in the 60s and 70s were at that point, at that point in time, defended by the ACLU. Yeah. And people just hated them for it. Yeah. How times have changed. Have they? We hope. We hope. <laughs> Not yeah. well. Obviously, obviously now there's, I think what we're seeing in some places in our country, a backlash to say, let's return to that. 100%. It's all and, fear. It's all fear based. Yeah, that's a good uh, stepping off point, right? I mean, a, a good point to talk about right there. Not stepping off. That's fear based schooling it has no place in our society. It just does not. And yet, school has been based on fear for a long time. Yep. yep. If you don't, or if you then this, you know, a highly consequence-based system always has to be based on fear. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> yeah, compliance, compliance, compliance. And it's it's interesting because fear, right? Tiffany and her organization, the ACLU, they work so hard to bring equity mm -hmm. to all these different areas. And that that does scare people. What would it be like to have an equal playing field in education? And I think her interview reminded me of how interconnected so many large systems are. Our justice system overlaps with education, poverty with education, higher education with lower education. You know what I mean? With well, not yeah. lower education, I don't know what word you would say. Yeah, but more, um, yeah, more elementary, secondary, yeah. Yeah, the job force, right? Everything is interconnected. Union, everything, unions, how people can organize. And yet there is a strong 
push to continue to keep these silos alive because if 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 we stop the people from uniting like she said it's harder to change the system so that's really what i walked away with we have to start uniting and teaching these kids about the interconnectedness of everything including the one that she talked about which really hit home for me was the civic education yeah we got to get back to teaching these kids how this the country works in regards to their civic duty and their civic rights which just scares people, not everybody, but scares, scares people that want the control. Yeah, it, it, it does scare people in power. And um, yeah, it, it has really led us down a, a path that, that I'm terrified of when it comes to, um, you know, taking books out of libraries and not letting kids have an open look at American history. All of it terrifies me. I am beyond grateful that the universe has people like Tiffany out there and so many others. Um, yeah, she's a lawyer and a fighter. And yet, you know, one thing I remember about the interview with Tiffany is we asked her, well, what do you do to maintain your sanity? Yeah. And she had a lot. She does a lot. She has a lot of good things, including a really good cigar, if I remember right. Yep. <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah. And she's raising kids and, and, you know, she's got a big life but a fighter. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm so glad that you and I meet to reflect on all of them because there's just so, so much content in all the episodes and I, I miss, know. I miss half of it as the host. I, I, I trying to take notes, keep track of time. I miss it. And so I'm so glad that we get to sit down and just digest it for ourselves. It's yeah. We're where we are blessed and, and rich uh, because of it. These people are, are amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and are doing such good work. You know what I think it does for me, Jessica, each time we do an episode, it gives me hope. Yeah. It makes me realize that what we sometimes hear on the news or what comes through media or whatever isn't even the half of it. It's not even a little bit of it, to tell you the truth. There are so many great people out there in the world doing wonderful things. This world is evolving toward a better place. Yep. A lot of people don't like even to hear that. Yeah. Like, no, this world's going to hell. No, it's not. It's not. If they would meet the people we meet and hear about the work they do, you, you go to the pig farm and come back and tell me the world's going to hell in the handbasket. I'll tell you, it'd be a different story. Well, and this, it's crazy to think that this will be our last, this is our last episode of 2022, which means that we'll only have a few left before we start season three, which is insane to think. But it's growing, Brainer. Our numbers have grown. Our listen listeners have multiplied. I mean, the last numbers, I think we were over fifteen thousand listens, which wow. is nuts. Which is nuts. So I'm, I'm, yeah. To your point, there's so many benefits. But yeah, I'm, it's continual gratitude for people listening and sharing this. And tip of the iceberg, partner. There are many, many more amazing people to talk to. I know. We're gonna keep keep trucking along. But to those of you listening, thank you. We love you. We hope that you wrap up 2022 with celebrations, with reflections, with grounding, with dancing, with that, whatever you need to do. And, and know that you've got a, an army of other suspended <laughs> people with you. Um, and we're all, we're all doing our best. So to do our best, we have to care for ourselves. So please find time to do that. I feel like we always say that, but please find some time care for each other you care for yourself so that's that's what we preach it all the time we'll see you all with our next episode in in 2023 and 
take care everybody all right